Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of Making Sense of It All with Jesse Stakes. I think it's safe to say that all of us are connected to a bank or some sort of a financial institution in some way. We all have either a checking account, a savings account, a credit card, a loan, or some sort of a financial product that helps us transact or purchase things. So my guest this week doesn't work for a bank, nor a financial institution. She works for one of the largest technology companies in the United States that helps provide banks and financial services companies with software solutions and consulting services that help ensure that their systems that they have in place will best help them when they are interacting with their clients and potential customers. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Kim Arrigo. Let's jump into it. Ken, thank you so much for joining me. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. So, you know, we don't have to go into a tremendous amount of specifics, but for my audience, can you share a little bit about what you do? Yes, most definitely. It's funny. I get this question all the time, especially for my family. They're like, what do you do? Um, So I work in tech sales, specifically with financial services. Um, so what that means is financial services, a lot of banks and credit unions and all that fun stuff, fintechs, they are on outdated technology and they're interested in like moving forward, you know, making sure that their platforms are up to date. So my job is basically to consult them, understand their business needs, what they're trying to accomplish, um, where they plan to be in the next 5, 10, 20 years, and then helping them come up with like a roadmap and a solution um, for yeah, getting to that, that next step. I got to imagine that's pretty difficult. You're talking about moving a lot of data, a lot of a very, very sensitive data at that, at that. Um, how, how does that work as, as far as like, you know, you're, you've, you're not only are you talking about migrating data, but you're also talking about protection. Yes. Yeah. So it's definitely difficult. And I think that's why there's been an uptick um, when it comes to financial services in technology and why they are going with, you know, larger companies that have that are tried and true. Um, one thing I will, I just want to call out before we get into the why or how difficult it is. Um, this, I guess people started getting more interested in, or banks started getting more interested in new, in technology when COVID happened because everyone was working from home, but these systems weren't built in the cloud, right? You have to be at the bank working. So the banks wanted to figure out like, how do we get in the cloud, but how do we make sure it's secure? So yes, to answer your question, it is very difficult, um, but it's not not doable. Um, so that's why we have to come up with roadmaps and come up with a plan um, in order to make that happen. No doubt. For years, banks have stayed on the old green screens or the old black screen programs, the old DOS-based programs because of, I mean, not, right. not only is it, you know, not only is it painstaking and time consuming to move systems, but it's, but I think the worst thing in the world that a bank can hear is data breach. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And that's one thing too. That's like definitely a question that we get often. Like, are you guys secure? Like, how do we know? So we just, you know, rely on our like history and the big banks we do support and we have those as our our customer stories. So um, that's one way we're able to like help build that relationship and build trust with our clients. No doubt. Well, and we'll jump into it, but I really would like to take a step back first and 
Kim, did you did you always want to be in sales? Did you always want to be in tech sales for that? No. Funny, I feel like I would I will pay a million dollars to the person who says that they, they're in sales and and they and it was part of their plan. Um so I actually started in sales in college. I was working the front desk at a hotel and I absolutely loved it. I just absolutely loved it. And it was really nice because the owner of the hotel took me under his wing and was like, Look, like you don't have to like this is this doesn't have to just be a college job. Like you can make a career out of this. So I became really close to like the director of sales in my properties. Um, and then eventually I became a director of sales for um, a big hotel chain. Um, I did that for quite some time. Never thought I would leave the hotel industry. Um, and then here I am in tech sales. But to answer your question, no, I did not plan on being in tech sales um, or in sales in general. Um, but I've been in sales for quite some time. Okay, so I got to ask that question then. What made you decide to go from hospitality to technology sales? Yeah, so I always loved tech. Um, I always like just had a passion for innovation, all that stuff. What really prompted me was I was pregnant with my first child, um, actually right after the pandemic, so in 2021. I was pregnant, and while I loved working in the hotel industry, and I was so excited that, or thankful that I was able to stay in the industry, even during COVID, I never lost my job or anything. Um, I knew that I eventually wanted to pivot to something that was more challenging because I had been in hospitality for so long. And I felt like once you get to a certain stage, it's not, nothing's really changing. You're not really learning much. Um, so when I had my daughter, um, I started working for a tech startup. Um, and I actually interviewed for the company I work for now. I was going to be given an offer. I was like, wait, this is the company I've always wanted to work for. Let me just enjoy my maternity leave, have my baby. So I was in a, at a tech startup. It was actually a hospitality tech startup. So that was great for me because I was merging hospitality and technology. So it was easy for me to like learn. Um, and then once my daughter turned a year old, um, the company reached back out to me. It was like, hey, so let's reach out to you in a year. Are you still interested? I said, yes. And then here I am. So that's how I pivoted from hospitality to technology. You know, I think it's one of those industries, whether it's hospitality or the restaurant business, it is such a great uh, learning field or it's kind of that you know that incubator for sales because you learn how to deal with people. You learn how to, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, take a lot of crap from people and smile while doing it. Um, would you agree with that? I mean, I think that I think some of the best salespeople in the world come out of the hospitality and in, in the in the restaurant business. 100%. And that's actually a really good point that you're making because when I was in sales in the hospitality industry, I thought all sales environments were like this. Like I thought we all had to smile through and like, yeah, we'll do whatever. You know, like I just thought it was like that. And then once I transitioned to tech sales, it was like, oh wait, we don't have to give the warm and fuzzies. Like that's not everyone's style. Right. But I think that has made me um, a little different when it comes to my clients. Like right now I'm working on a big project for an older and um, it's interesting because the way we communicate with them is very like in the tech world or in sales, it's just very like to the point. But I'm like, no, they're from a small town. Like we really got to embrace them. So I'm like bringing my hospitality side into my sales process. Um, so yeah, I would agree with you. We do learn a lot there and we have to smile through it, um, through all the things. So, Well, and you I said guess. it before, you said it before, even things like the pandemic, uh, just just the fact that we're in 2023 and technology has become such a huge part of our lives, whether it's finance, banking, any industry that you're talking about, technology has become a very, very large component of almost every single industry out there. 
Yeah, and I agree. Like even the hotel chain that I worked for, um, even across the entire hotel industry, when COVID hit, what happened? People didn't want to go to a front desk, right? So now they had to create like these digital check-in experiences. Like all of that stuff was born during COVID and I watched it happen and unfold. Um, But it's so interesting because again, I felt like, oh, I feel like I know everything about hospitality. There's not much more growth that needs to happen. Um, But COVID showed me otherwise. Like, no, you have to, like things can shift the industry and you have to be able to stay on top of it. And technology typically is the, the answer. No doubt. Well, and I think you can't, I mean, change and growth are the are the two constants in life. If you're not changing and growing on a constant basis, you're going to be left behind. So right. do, do you see, do you see a lot of competition in what you do as far as, I mean, you know, as technology is, has become a big driver for all industries. I got to imagine there are a lot of players in those industries at this point. Yes. Um, short answer is yes. There's a ton of competition. A lot of people who have been, or a lot of companies that have been in, in the industry for a while, a lot of companies that are newer, um, trying to disrupt the industry. So yes, there's definitely a lot of competition. Um, I got to imagine with that, it's it's just like anything else. There's advantages, there's disadvantages that 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 technology brings into all industries. And you've got those folks out there that sometimes they think it's a fad and they think, okay, things will swing around the other way. You know, face-to-face will become new again, or it'll become popular again. Do you ever see things kind of going back towards a more analog world, if you will, or do you think digital is here to stay and that we're just going to move forward in that direction? That's a great question. Um, And I think two things can be true at once. So my opinion is technology is needed. It's never going to go backwards. And that's just what it is. As far as the other piece of it, I do think that while technology is great for communicating with people and getting quick answers and all that stuff, that may not be what moves the needle in your business. Like, for example, a lot of the banks I work with, they're old school. They're like, no, we want people to come into the branches. Like, we still want that experience. So one thing I always tell people um, when it comes to technology, it doesn't necessarily have to change your business model. But I think the most important part of technology is being able to have that capability and function for the people that do require it. For example, maybe younger people or whatever, um, but also more so for data. To be completely honest with you, I think the technology piece is so important for data um, because then you can leverage that data to make more better insights and make more informed decisions. Just like with Google, we go on Google, we can Google any question we have, we get a ton of information and then we can make a more informed decision. I feel like that's the same when it comes to companies. Yes, technology can make your teams better or make your um, your customers happier. But I think the biggest part of it is the data piece of it, to be honest. Well, and I also think that the word differentiation comes into mind for me because you have to differentiate yourself. If you're, you know, you, obviously you're not just dealing with, with, with Fortune 100 banks or Fortune 100 finance companies. So if somebody right. is trying, if somebody's trying to compete with the biggest guys on the block, like let's say Wells Fargo or Bank of America, and you're a small bank that doesn't have that spend capability that those larger institutions do, then you're going to fail at trying to emulate what those what those bigger bigger players in the in the uh, industry do. But if you try to differentiate yourself, if you offer offer more customer service, if you are you know if you offer things that they don't anymore then you're going to have a huge sector of the population that want that, that want that personal touch, that want that feel. But then 
the technology piece, you still have to have it in the background. You still have to have something that's easy to play with. That's easy, you know, that's, I always think about it, you know, I always liken it to an iPhone. If, you know, anybody, even, even our older population can pick up an iPhone and use an iPhone. You know, they can learn how to use it within, within a 30 minute setting. Other operating systems sometimes are much more difficult to get used to, but that's what Apple has kind of, they've kind of hung their hat on is that, hey, you can pick it up and you're going to, it's so intuitive. You're going to know how to use it before you even know how to spell it. Um, so, I mean, I do think that there's, there's the, there's a huge window for that. I think that especially in the finance industry, um, you're never going to lose that face-to-face demand or that, that, that demand for personal touch. So that if you, you know, as long as there's, those folks that are out there still trying to differentiate themselves, still trying to give customers options and choices. I mean, I think that there's, I think there's always room for that. No, and I agree. I think that's an awesome point. And I also think like enabling your bankers, right? So if your banker, let's say you have that person who comes into the bank every Saturday, you know, they don't want to have that digital experience, but your banker is only limited to the information they know about that person coming in on Saturday, right? But having the technology that shows their full picture or their holistic view of that customer, I think that also helps with the differentiator, right? So having that technology as a tool and to your point, something that's easy, um, yeah, that's that's easy to pick up, whether it's the customer or from the client. But yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah, absolutely. So from your perspective of, I mean, you really are operating kind of in the, as far as end user customers wouldn't know Kim Arigo, but they would know your products because they're products that are helping them. So it's from your perspective, where do you see things going over the next three to five years? I think the next three to five years, I'm really curious to see where AI is going to go. I think AI definitely is going to be the, the, the biggest thing. And we already know right now, it's already, there's a lot of focus on it. Um, but I'm curious to see what companies are going to do with AI. So I, I honestly think that's the biggest thing that we can expect in the next three to five years. So I think that's a great, it's a buzzword. And I think everyone's getting used to hearing the, you know, the term artificial intelligence, AI, automation. But what does it mean? Like when you say that you that you see it, you know, kind of taking up, you know, a big kind of front stage view in the next three to five years. What does that mean other than the term? Like, what is that term going to actually, what, what is it going to show? You know, how is it going to look in the next, in the next three to five years? And I'm happy you asked that. And, I, and I'm going to tell you it how I believe it is or what I sure. believe it means. And it might be, mean something to somebody totally different. So AI, artificial intelligence, in my opinion, is how data is actioned upon, Right. So if I know Kim likes the color pink, every time she comes to our website, she's clicking on something that's pink. I know that she's always clicking on sweaters that are pink. I know that she had a problem with her last order, whatever. If I'm the person who's the customer service agent who gets the call from Kim on the screen, instead of it telling me all this data and all this information, these random siloed pieces of data, it'll summarize what does that mean to me? So I can make a more informed decision as a customer service person to act in that thing, right? So when people ask me, like, what is AI? That's why I like to describe it. It's taking every single data point, everything your systems know about a person, and it's creating a story or it's creating an action based on that information. And I think because technology is now capable of doing that, um, company and companies are now starting to leverage it. I'm curious to see, like, where that's going to go. But that's AI in, in my opinion. 
<laughs> I think that's one of the best definitions that I've heard. I and mean, I've heard a lot of people talk about it, but that's, I think that that's, you know, it's like, essentially it's taking, it's taking the dictionary and it's writing a story from the dictionary. So, I mean, I think that's wonderful right. because you're right. When, it, when, a, when, you know, all of these companies have so much data at their fingertips and that like, to your point, when you, if you call in or if you go into somebody's office and they pull up your profile as a customer, all of these data points or all of this information pops up on the screen for them right now, it, it doesn't mean anything to somebody unless they interpret it or it's, it, it only means however, whatever they interpret from it, that's what it is to them. And so to your point, if, if you can summarize that, if you can put that out there in a usable format, that's tremendous. That actually creates a better customer experience, not just a more informed customer service agent talking to you. So I think that's wonderful. And I hope, I'd hope yeah, to see one thing it I like to, the direction that way. Yeah, no, no. And I agree. And I think one thing I also like to say too, is like the wisdom, right? So I was in the hospitality industry for 10 years. Okay. 10 years, maybe more. Um, I was in the industry for so long, but in the very beginning, I didn't know much. I was asking questions constantly to my managers. How do you do this? Or what do I do with this? What does this mean? Right. They're giving me the information and then I'm using it after 10 years. I know all this information. I have all this wisdom. I could tell people how to do things in a faster way. The great thing about AI, in my opinion, for the future of like the workforce is instead of having a person having to train people and tell them what they need to do, it's basically taking the data, making it wise, and then speaking to that person and giving them that information to action. So, um, yeah. I think that's, I think it's excellent. I think that the for me, the the pitfall that we could fall into professionally is that people do get way too relaxed on training their employees and hiring good people. And then you end up with with mediocre to poor employees handling much better information. And so you get I think that I think we have to make sure that we don't allow AI to take the place of quality employees, because I think if quality employees have quality information at their fingertips, then you're going to have amazing customer experiences. But if you but if you try to replace one with the other, I don't know that we end up with a better end user product. We just end up with a better use of the information. Um, I agree. You know, all of those things being said, what do you think are the big challenges that we're going to face that, you know, that the technology sector that, you know, especially in maybe in finance and in banking, what do you think the challenges are that they face in the near horizon? Yeah, I think the challenge just across all industries that may be faced when it comes to um, like even we'll just talk about AI relying on it 100%, right? Because I use ChatGPT, sure. I use all these tools. They're not perfect. So you might put in a question just because it says something doesn't mean it's correct. Um, the other day I was trying to show my husband like, oh, let me show you how cool ChatGPT is. And like, I showed him like, oh, who won? Or I said like, who won the last Browns game or something? And it gave us information from like last season. My husband's like, that's not a player anymore. And like just all this stuff. Um, so it's not perfect. So I think the challenge may be if companies are relying heavily on that. Or, you know, who knows, maybe companies may um, find themselves in a pickle where they're getting sued or something because AI told somebody to do something and that wasn't correct or whatever. I think there's definitely challenges there. I also think that a problem that may come up in the future is going to be um, data not being secure. So ChatGBT and all these AI tools are pulling data from all these different places. And previously, certain websites didn't have certain protections and certain security um, layers. Um, and now 
AI has that information and that's also very scary. Like, oh my gosh, do they have information on me? Are they spitting out to other people? Um, so I think those are the challenges we'll see in the future, just security and um, relying too heavily on it. Kim, I think you're a tremendous resource. And I think that if, you know, if people are looking to upgrade their technology at their financial institution, if they would, even if they just want to have a conversation with you and, and you know, they don't, they don't know if they want to do it yet or not, or they'd just like to learn what's available. Um, I think that you'd be a tremendous resource to talk to. So if, if, if any of my listeners want to, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah, LinkedIn would be the best way. Um, Jesse, I don't know if it would be best if I give you my LinkedIn profile and you can add it perhaps in the show notes. But um, yeah, LinkedIn would probably be the best way to reach out to me. We absolutely can do that. That's not a problem. Kim, I want to thank you very much for joining me. I enjoyed it. I think that, like I said, I think you're a tremendous resource and um, I look forward to learning more from you. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Jesse. I'm sure I sound like a broken record or that I'm beating a dead horse, but technology really is inescapable at this point. It's invaded all industries. I really did like what Kim said when she mentioned that professionals need to be able to utilize technology to have better interactions with their customers and create better experiences. But I don't think we should be replaced by it. That being said, there are a lot of companies that are trying to replace people with automation, and they're leaving pockets of opportunity for small competitors to offer a high level of customer service and a quality experience and earn a lot of business doing so. Take advantage of it. That all being said, that's going to do it for us this week. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Kim Arrigo. I'll catch you guys next time.